Welcome to the Act 4 Podcast, your go-to post-movie podcast. It's a podcast about movies. My name's Peyton, we got Connor over here. Hey, how you doing? And we got Joe in the corner. Toot toot! Ah, mm. oh, we got that toot toot. Give us a little goodbye toot toot. <laughs> so cute. If Great. you didn't pay attention to the podcast you clicked on, we're talking about Zootopia today. That little toot toot was a reference to the movie. If you have not seen Zootopia, spoiler alert. Hey, there uh, we go. We that's the earliest you've ever done it. I know. I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm about to start like putting notes in front of me to say spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for Zootopia. This is actually probably the first movie we've done that if you haven't seen it, I would say stop it right now and go watch it. Because Correct. I think that this is a good mm. – if you haven't seen it, if it's spoiled for you, it won't, be the, it won't have the same effect, I feel like. I would say Ragnarok. As well, probably. And Chicken Little. Uh, I feel like Chicken Little, you can go into it knowing what happens and it doesn't affect the movie that much. Yeah, but it's really good, so you should just stop it. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I would say if you haven't seen it, go watch it. If you have seen it and you kind of forgot what happens, we'll give you a little a little synopsis. Do you, Joe, do you have like the official synopsis or something? Or could you pull that up? You're like a little research dude. Yeah. So, I could pull it up real quick. Because if we can have like the actual official synopsis, I feel like that's easier than us just trying to explain it, you know? Because there's a lot that happens in this movie, but it mostly focuses around uh, the first police officer at the Zootopia Police Department that is a rabbit. Yes. And that's that's kind of at the very, the very bare like, essence of this movie. The tagline on IMDb says, In a city of anthropomorphic animals, a rookie bunny cop and a cynical con artist fox must work together to uncover a conspiracy. Yeah, that summarizes it pretty good. Yep. So uh, we got two main characters in this movie. You've got Nick Wilde and Judy Hopps. Judy Hopps is voiced by Jennifer Goodwin, and Nick Wilde is voiced by Jason Bateman, right? Yep. Uh, and then there's also a lot, there's a lot of really good voice talent in this. There is. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, you got Idris Elba, you've got, uh, JK, is JK Simmons yes. Lionheart? Yes. Yes. I, I didn't actually look that up. You've got, uh, Mona Lisa Saperstein as the, um, the, the, the sheep. Mm-hmm. Jenny Slate, but she plays Mona Lisa Saperstein, and that's all I can think of when I hear her character. Um, who else you got? Come on, bro. You're forgetting the one and only. Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> you do have Shakira as gazelle. gazelle. What type of name is that? Like, just let's get into that. What type of name is that? This the same as like going with a one name name like Adele or Shakira or Rihanna. You know, it's the <laughs> but, same same sort of thing. But like, that's just if I myself Connor was to make a make a uh, music career and name myself Human. Well, I don't know if it's because they're all mammals. So if she was called mammal, then I feel like that would be the criminal calling yourself human because like they're individual species of animals. Yes. So it's naming herself after her species, which would still be weird, you know? Yes, exactly. But. Right. <laughs> I don't know. You kind of just looked at us like we're crazy. Because mm-hmm. um, so you're crazy. <laughs> are there any other any other names we're missing like that? That are big enough names because those are those are the big ones that like I heard, but like Jennifer Goodwin does such a great job in this movie as Judy Hopps. Mm-hmm. Um, she, if you've seen the TV show Once Upon a Time, she's Snow White in that show, and I really like Once Upon a Time. It's a really good show, but she she is just really fantastic in this movie, and like I feel like like Judy Hopps is just such a 
a, a very good character. This movie is an example of a, a very well-written movie. Regardless of whether you really like it or not, I don't think anyone can debate that it's it's very well-written, um, regardless of what your personal views on it are. Mm-hmm. All like, right. This movie, when you compare it to like Shark Tale or Shark Boy and Lava Girl, any of those other not-so-great movies that we've looked at, like this movie has just vastly superior planning to any of those movies. I, I can agree. agree with that. Personally, my views on it, I feel like it was very overhyped and never lived up to the hype that it was. Mm-hmm. And I put it as like a good movie, but like on the lower end of good. Mm-hmm. For me, that's just because I got hyped up really mm-hmm. about it. And then when I watched it, it was like, okay, it was good. Like, uh-huh. wasn't great. Like yeah. everyone's saying it is. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> um, uh, what? Okay, then what like modern Disney animation movies by like like Disney itself? So like... Mm-hmm. Would you put above this? Oh, like, Moana came out same year. Would you put Moana above Zootopia? Mm. Wreck It Ralph, Tangled. I know you'd put Tangled I above put Tangled, it. And I put Tangled, and I put like Frozen Tangled. Two over it. Not the first Frozen. Frozen was really good, but I love Frozen Two. Frozen One was nominated for feature, like at the Oscars, like the best like feature film. Correct. It was nominated. It not even just animated. You talking about Frozen? Yes. I am 99% sure it was nominated for, like, best movie. Let's see, let's see what else. I extremely doubt that. I Modern. I feel like I remember reading that. It was it was, it was was nominated for a lot of awards. Moana, Moana, I'd say it was probably above that. Moana's above Frozen? Or Moana's above Zootopia? Zootopia. Okay. The Academy uh, disagrees with you on that, because Zootopia won Best Animated Feature. Yes. Yeah, well, Over the Moana. Academy also put Shark Tale. In the same category, but as, they didn't give it to Shark. They didn't. Yeah, but they still put right, it in the Shark same Tale category. Shark didn't win though. So Shark, uh, Shrek Two, and uh, The Incredibles. So I don't really care what the Academy has to say. Frozen was, was nominated for two Academy Awards. It won Best Animated Feature and it won Best Original Song for Let It Go. It was not nominated for Best Picture. Then it, maybe it was. It was nominated for Best Picture by some other. I feel like it was nominated under some other award or something. That's what I thought. But Fro- hey, Frozen, Frozen was a good. very good. Frozen movie. is good. I just Frozen. It was two. nominated for best feature film at the BAFTA Children's Awards. There we go. I feel like I don't think that's award. what you're going that's not for. What I was thinking. Oh well, it that's beside the point. I Frozen so, Two came to my mind so, because I like Frozen yeah. Two more than I like Frozen. So so but so you're basically putting this as a middle of the road. Yes. Middle of the road, just animated movie in general. Mm-hmm. Or just compared to like Disney animation. No, I, I mean, just, for other animated films. Compared to other animated films? Okay. For other anim- no, it'd probably be Disney animation. Okay. Like, it, it's... Because I'd say if you always, compare it to all Disney animation, is this is upper probably, tier. Yeah. 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 But it's like looking at the Star Wars movie in context yeah. of the Star Wars, in context of every other movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I have different It's opinions. very different, yeah. yeah. I Personally, my view is like, I, I think this is a very good movie, and I think it has gotten better over time. And I don't think a lot of movies can say that they get better over time. And I feel like this movie is better today than it was when it came out in 2016. I will say that I enjoyed it more watching it this time mm-hmm. than I did watching it the first time I did it. Yeah, I've only this was the second time I'd ever seen it. I think this was either the second or third time I'd ever seen it was when I watched it earlier this week in preparation for this. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, actually I, like, I watched I actually it like, for this like morning characters. and I really enjoyed it. I actually like like characters. Yeah. And so it was. That's that's one thing it does really well is it gives us characters that we care about, even characters that get very little screen time, like the the yoga dude at the naturalist club. 
I really like that character, and we don't get him for very long. Yeah. But he's a great character. You get, like, um, these smaller characters, like Finnick, and, or, like, the, the neighbors, Orcs and Kudu. That's their mm. names. Like, we like their good characters, yeah. and they get very little screen time, but the way they write them is very intentional. And so I think that's where this movie really shines. It's just in the small moments, it does very well. Yeah. Like, I even like, what's his name? Gideon Gray. Like, Gideon mm-hmm. Gray, older version. I really like him. Mm-hmm. Like, him just having that, like, I don't know. Yeah, like he, though. like, his, this little side character has a pretty good arc within this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of characters have story arcs. I mean, Judy has a, has a character arc. Chief Bogo has a character arc. Nick has a character arc. The you could kind of say um, the sheep bellwether sort of has a character arc, but not really. It's more of like a reveal. Yeah. Yeah. You've got some of these smaller characters have like you just see growth over the span of this movie. So I think they do it really well. But I guess do maybe we, we should stop a... talking about it. But like, like talk about like specifics in the movie and like kind of go through the movie. Yeah, let's go. Let's get to the plot. Yeah, like, for sure. Basically, the plot of this movie is that uh, Judy Hopps wanted to be the first police officer, Bunny, mm-hmm. and she does exactly that and gets in, and she's a rookie, and there's 14 missing mammals. Yes. And she wants to be on that case, but because she's a rookie and because she's just a bunny cop, mm-hmm. like people don't think that she can do that. Yeah. Uh, and then she ends up saying that she'll take a case for the otter in front of the otter's wife which, mm-hmm. like rule number one that's a no but anyway yeah. does it anyway ends up finding all of the missing mammals yep and then has to deal with the consequences of like uncovering that yeah. mystery yeah mm-hmm. um the movie starts out with a staged play with a bunch of young little children animals at a talent show and one of the leads is young child Judy Hopps. Yes. She is adorable at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> like, straight up, this is the first movie I think that we've watched on the podcast where I personally, I was like, all right, that that's a very cute character. Like, hey, I, I, don't, whoa, I feel like I don't whoa, say whoa, that whoa, often. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't call a bunny cute, bro. <laughs> oh, okay. Should we talk about that now or talk about that later? Because bunnies aren't the only cute animals, bro. Like that's true. Like there are other animals that you would consider cute. Like a lot of people think dogs are cute. Yes. And a lot of people think other small animals. Like some people really think like gerbils and hamsters can be like cute and like hedgehogs. He- I think hedgehogs are very cute. They're cool little animals. Like, do bunnies have like a trademark on the word cute? She said only bunnies can call other bunnies cute. Is it like I- that? Is one of the weirdest lines in the whole movie. And we, I feel like we could spend a whole podcast talking about just we, that. We really could and. She first off, she calls out Clawhauser for it, mm-hmm. but not like anybody else in the movie that does it. Like she gets called it a couple times. Well, like, but she says, "Don't call me cute." Yeah, but she doesn't like go on this whole tangent of like, "You shouldn't do that." Like that's not right or whatever. Yeah, but doesn't she call Finnick cute? Yes. Like the the grown the grown man who's dressed like a baby. Pretty sure she calls 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 boss man there calls him cute. Probably. And, and he ain't a rabbit. So, yeah, that's weird logic. But back to yeah, the beginning of the movie, she's adorable. And she's, like, so optimistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just 
bouncing around, like not letting anything like get her down. And she kind of carries that through most of the movie. Yes. I absolutely um, love that theater scene. Just so because. <laughs> the ketchup bottle. The guy off stage playing the music. Yes. That's so true. funny. He's so funny. Like, that's just such a well, a well-made scene. Like, we get all of our exposition for this movie. Like, all the background mm-hmm. information we need to know in the first five minutes of the movie. But it's presented in, in a such way that's a... It's very entertaining. entertaining and it's very well done. And it doesn't feel forced. It's not like they're having to do a voiceover and they're like, in a world where animals rule. Like, like they're not having to, like, catch us up, but they are catching us up through, like, this stage, like, this play. Mm-hmm. Which is just a really great way to start the movie and, like, shows that, like, you know it's going to be a pretty good movie when right off the bat they're giving you everything you need to know. Because that's, like, what a movie should do. They should present all the crucial information you need to know right off the top. <coughs> and like movies like shark tale in the first few minutes, you're not, you don't even get introduced to the main character for a hot minute. You have to deal with this worm and the two sharks and like, that's important to the plot, but that's not the main story, you know? So the fact that this movie gives us all this background information we need to know to understand the context of the movie very quickly, very early, in a very entertaining way, I think is very cool. One little thing I love is they show how it is like a kid's production. The Mm. ketchup bottle is really funny, and they call back to it later in the film, which is really cool. And then (gasps) they have the two boxes come down out of the ceiling to like go over Mm -hmm. the two characters, and it's like Vicious Predator and Meek Prey. And (laughs) Vicious is spelled wrong, so it's, like, crossed out. It's crossed out and then corrected. (laughs) And then corrected out. I really like that. That is. Like, little details like that are what make this movie very good, I think. My man, side stage, doing music. He has a Catsio (laughs) keyboard, which is... Catsio? Yeah. Nice nice, nice little pun. This movie has lots of puns. I feel like a lot of movies we do have a lot of puns. But this movie, I think, does them pretty well. I'll give give you that. The puns. Land. Mm-hmm. Last episode we talked about Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Lots of electricity puns don't really work. Lots of dream Shark puns. Tale, lots of puns. They don't make sense and they don't work. Mm-hmm. Cars two, puns, lots of car puns, and they for the most part don't work. Sometimes they do, and like in the other Cars movies, they hit pretty well. Like that's kind of the off one. But this movie, I don't think there were any puns that they did that didn't hit for me. You know, mm-hmm. and so I the. That was done very well, but basically, yeah, Judy goes to the academy. Yeah, and I love how the academy is another very clever way of mm-hmm. providing exposition yes. and doing world building to it's show that great in Zootopia, yeah. in Zootopia, that there's all these different ecosystems, and it mm-hmm. kind of shows the world that this movie is constrained to. Mm-hmm. But it's constrained in a way to that there is a lot of different aspects and then it shows how later throughout the movie, the way these different ecosystems interplay with each other to where you have Nick and he's doing his con deal with his popsicles and stuff like that. So he'll drive to the tundra to freeze everything after he just came from the the Sahara where he melted everything Mm -hmm. and it's a cool interplay there. And that's all set up through this Academy scene where she has to go through. And it's also just really, really good character development where she shows how to use her size to like her advantage. Yeah. parts. she in, in really just a few minutes, they show huge character growth and how she 
takes her being smaller than everyone else and that being a dis normal what would be a disadvantage for in the force mm -hmm. to becoming her biggest asset yeah and something that other animals don't have and can't really take advantage of that like like rhinos they're not gonna just they're just not as quick because they're just these massive animals i was thinking about that like mm -hmm. i feel like there would be another bunny on the fort like they're fast they're agile like you can do stuff with bunnies they are very very fast bunnies so so what i think the reason why there hadn't been is because when she is in zootopia you don't see any other rabbits uh, there's no other rabbit yeah. in the movie unless they are out on the farm and it's kind of like i feel like most rabbits are okay with where they are at they like what they do that's their trade that's just kind of what they do but also like bunnies have lots of children like that's just kind of what they do so they mathematically poke fun at that all the time they do yeah but like mathematically i feel like yes there probably would have been a rabbit on the force but also there's kind of like one of the subplots on this is like the like mammal what do they call it like the mammal integration initiative and stuff yeah and that's just coming to fruition now so i think that's why like or mammal inclusion act or something like that somewhere it's basically something. it's it's like kind of like an affirmative action to like incorporate predator and prey more seamlessly in society yeah and so i feel like that's why there hadn't been that scene on the force you know i i feel like that's kind of their explanation for that okay but they, like they only show big animals yeah on the force but like a dog could be on the force too like i would not have been surprised if i seen there was a wolf on the force yeah there was a wolf mm -hmm. but like i'm talking like bloodhound mm -hmm. yeah they could have i i i'm surprised they didn't like throw in a dog as like a detective or something like i feel like that's an easy way to do it and honestly probably in the police precinct like in the police station i'm sure there's other animals in the background that we don't see that's, that's just the bullpen of like the you know, yeah, like officers. that specific uniform precinct officers. uniform officers like that like precinct one is specifically like those guys i absolutely love the writing in the bullpen scene the first one to mm -hmm. where chief bogo comes in and he says we need to address the elephant in the room <laughs> and everybody is in like as a viewer it's just like oh that's a normal thing we say when there's somebody that doesn't belong and it's judy because she's the first bunny, bunny cop yeah. and then it's the actual elephant that's yes. having a birthday and it's yes. it's really well done it's and really that, funny the animation there's so funny is the tiger next to the bunny like turns and like punches like and then or not the bunny the elephant like turns yeah. and punches the elephant and then the elephant puts the tiger in a headlock and like gives yeah. him like a nuggie like it's just great character development for the, these characters that we never really learn most of Bro, all these cops just guys being dudes they're just there's <laughs> like it's just really good characterization one of my favorite parts of the movie i know this is jumping very very far in the movie like okay. the entire movie uh, <laughs> is the second bullpen scene um where oh, I mean, oh there's we, crime we, happen we, outside boys i know judy hops on the case um <laughs> <laughs> we uh we get nick gets on the force and they're calling he's calling out the <laughs> man that, that fire truck, they really be... They're zooming. Stopping fires. Oh, yeah, all the time. Um, Nick gets on the force, and he's calling out, like, work. And he goes, these three these three officers, they're under undercover. And, of course, you have the joke where it's the wolf that puts on the sheep's clothing. <laughs> so it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. And then you have my favorite 
which is just it's a hippo and he throws up a mustache and just walks away <laughs> ready to go and, and he's like he's like that's my disguise that's, I'm good. that's undercover um that's all you got that's that's one thing i will say is the second time watching this like because i talked about like mm-hmm. i didn't find it that good the jokes i actually enjoyed as well yeah like it's a it's a good movie but the jokes the jokes hit mm-hmm. sometimes yeah back to more towards the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. um We've got a really grand kind of like it, uh, a grand reveal of Zootopia. Kind of the first time we're really seeing the real Zootopia as Judy's coming into Zootopia. And that's where we kind of get to see the different environments there. And we get to see just how like blown away she is by the place and how cool like all the interactions between all these different species of animals and like just this really cool ecosystem and this really awesome world that's been built by these writers and like this kind of world it makes sense and i feel like this is something that chicken little was shooting for in their movie like this ecosystem between a bunch of animals but we don't get enough details right Bruh, chicken little walked so zootopia could run quite literally because chicken little was the first fully 3D animated feature film by Disney Animation. Yeah. And Zootopia is a byproduct of that. So quite literally, Chicken Little walked so Zootopia could run. Mm. But I know that you, Joe, really liked um, kind my, of her introduction into Zootopia. Yeah, my favorite part is when she gets into her apartment complex in like her apartment and... She's all excited, and she sees her new neighbors, and she's like, hey, I'm your new neighbor. And then the guys walk by, and they're like, we're loud and obnoxious, and we're not going to apologize for it. And I was just like, wow, is this UF dorm life? <laughs> uh, my, my, next, my, my upstairs neighbors. <laughs> we're talking uh, to you, Whitehurst. Well, no, yeah. I'm actually calling out Sam Fleming, bro. Ooh. Man, last night he was... Oh, uh, he was he was bumping his music. I was trying hey. to go to bed. I worked a graveyard shift, and and my walls were shaking. And I'm, was, that, I'm, was that at four when you got back? <clears throat> well, no, I I got back at eight in the morning. But oh. That was before I because I tried to get some sleep before I went to work at midnight. So it was, he, was just, he was just bumping. He was just bumping. Ooh. He and and those two those two characters, <laughs> their names are Oryx and Kudu. In case you didn't know, I did not know that. That was their names in the subtitles, so I wrote it down because I thought those were like kind of cool names. Yeah. But they're two really cool characters. Yeah, they're funny. They have a couple little one-liners here and there throughout the movie. <laughs> Whatever yeah. Judy's back at her place. Oh, so funny when she's talking to her parents on the phone. Yeah. And they're just interrupting <laughs> after she's done. It's so funny. Can you turn off your depressing music? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love all the scenes when Judy's like back at her apartment. Mm-hmm. They're always funny. Yeah. When she starts to realize that after she gets, like, her first assignment and everything like that, and she's not living, like, the big cop lifestyle that she thinks she's doing, and she's just doing, she ends up being a meter maid, and then she comes back, and she has her carrots for one, <laughs> and then she's going through the radio, I had about and that. it's just sad song after sad song. I had a problem about that. Like, I, under, I, got, I got it with, like, the bunny reference, bro. Who likes warm carrots? I hate warm carrots, bro. Like, I'd rather just eat a raw carrot than eat warm carrots. I like warm carrots. I like both. Like, raw carrots, I like them, like, if I'm dipping in ranch yeah. or something like that. And then warm carrots, I like warm them carrots like is... seasoned with, like, like salt and, like, some other, like, nah, seasonings bro. and stuff. Yeah. And, like, butter. Oh, yeah, like, so you good. eat warm carrots if you're eating it, like, with a meal. Nah, yeah. bro. I, I will literally At least at my house. Raw carrots, bro. I like raw carrots, too. They're, like not, they're both good. Not even ranch. Like, I'm talking. Just, oh, really? Just... I mean, 
it's not but it's gotta be baby bro. carrots nah dude i'm talking you're talking like like, like a yes. big old boy yes dude they're so good <laughs> I, okay just, just bugs bunny over here just munching <laughs> on carrots hey dude they're they're so good like baby carrots are absolutely fantastic as well yes baby carrots but, are great snacks like talking raw just big boy carrots <laughs> uh, with that said well another we, we get introduced to some other other forms of snack foods within uh, this world and one of them is these elephant pops that yeah. we see when judy is on the job as a meter maid she sees jumbo pop. She sees yes, that's what they're called, jumbo pop. She sees um, Nick and Finnick, the two characters, and Finnick is pretending to be a baby. Like that's his honestly role. so adorable, and great. He's and he wants to be an elephant he, when he grows up. He wants it to be is, an elephant when he grows up. It is up. so, so cute. It we is adorable. Toot. Is this wholesome content? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it's Can so we good. Get a little toot toot. <laughs> oh, so good. good. And. <laughs> And that whole scene where, like, uh, that's our first kind of look at the undertones of this movie. There's a lot of undertones of, like, uh, like, like some, like, prejudice undertones. That's something we'll kind of talk about a little bit. But this is, like, our first instance, like, the elephants, like, they say we reserve the right to refuse anyone. And they don't want to serve a fox. A fox. And that's kind of, like, our first hint at, like, some of the undertones of this movie. But... We get to see like these jumbo pops, and this is where we're first introduced to our other character. Like our main character is Judy, and the supporting character is Nick, and that's kind of our first like introduction and look at him. Nick is a legend, bro. He's absolute legend. Such a cool character. He's a con artist. He's really awesome. Um, and like his big con is these popsicles, like with a paw, the paw shaped mm-hmm. popsicles, uh, which is really cool. Uh, but before we get into talking about popsicles, we want to talk to you about Bees Gelati. So hang in there. We'll uh, throw it over to our sponsor and we'll get into it. So the popsicles in this movie look great. Mm-hmm. But do you know what are actually great? Bees Gelati. Bees Gelati. Yes, sir. Yes. So good, man. Every flavor. I have personally tried every single flavor that they have ever put out well you must be your mom must be really proud of you my mom <laughs> is really proud of me shout out my shout mom. out mom <laughs> <laughs> um but no this this dessert is great you know they got cookies and cream mm. mint mm. chocolate chip oh you never mind sorry i'm not <laughs> a big fan of mint i was gonna say mm, to all of them <laughs> uh banana bro yeah. yeah orange personal favorite cotton candy Ooh. Ooh, cotton candy is so pretty good. fire so to check out what Bees is doing, go to their Instagram page at B Z. What's the rest? G E L A T I. Yeah, I don't know how to spell gelati. <laughs> uh, I'm not good at that spelling stuff. So there it is. Shout out to the United States education system. Woo! <laughs> you rock. <laughs> but not as much as Bees. Bees gelati. <laughs> so Nick and Finnick get the popsicle, the jumbo pop. They end up actually getting it from the shop and they leave. And Judy's like, yeah, I did a good service. I helped them get it because they were being discriminated against and that's wrong. <laughs> she paid for it. Yes, she, she paid for it. She felt good. Like she felt like she did a good thing because <laughs> she believed that this baby was a real baby. Yep. And... Uh, later, we we she sees on the top of a roof 
she sees Nick melting the Jumbo Pop, which is totally unsanitary. And it's running down the roof through the gutters and filling up these jars that Finnick has down at the bottom. They load it up in the van. They drive off to Tundra Town or whatever it's called. Yeah. And they have like these little paw prints around, which I'm assuming are probably his feet or his hands or something. You see that Finnick is uh, making them in the snow. So they they make these paw prints, set down the sticks, um, fill them all up with the liquid, make a bunch of small popsicles. They go and sell them to a bunch of mice. They collect the popsicle sticks and they go sell it as lumber. And it's like just quite the hustle. Like he's making 200 bucks a day is what he said, mm-hmm. which ain't bad for, you know, not a lot of hustle. And he didn't pay at all. Yeah. Like Judy straight up paid for the popsicle for them. Yeah. Well, normally he's making 200 a day, but he's got to pay 20 for the jumbo pop. So he's mm-hmm. at like a 180 profit. Well, 15, today was a good day 15 for, for the jumbo 15 pop. 15 for the jumbo pop. She paid 20 and said, keep the change. But you're right. The thing is, is so they were refusing service to him. The elephants do they refute? How does he get a hold of the jumbo pops every other day? Because you can't be going in there saying it's this little boy's birthday every day. So is this jumbo pop thing like a once a a, a one time con, and he just does a different con every day? No, nah, because we see we see him in Otterton having a jumbo or having the uh, pops. Of yeah, him. so he does sell the pops. Maybe he just goes to different. Like maybe maybe there's just, different ones. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, that's something I was kind of thinking about, but. One of my favorite things from the first Judy and Nick interaction mm-hmm. is she calls him a real articulate fella, <laughs> which I think is very funny because Nick her, is straight playing her. Uh huh. Well, and but also that's like a kind of a callback to like her internal, like her, her internalizing her experience with foxes in the past, which was yeah. Gray, and he was not a very articulate guy, and he was very mean, and so she sees this this fox being very nice, and it's kind of subverting her expectation of foxes, mm-hmm. and that's kind of another sure. like hint at this like internal kind of prejudice thing that like kind of everyone has in the society because they are different species, and she like had these preconceived notions of foxes that were set like in her childhood, yeah, and now she's seeing that kind of turn. She's like, oh, you're you know you're a really articulate guy. You're not like this really mean sly fox like he wears a tie he's sophisticated yeah wait a minute but then we find out but then yes and then we find out she finds out we already kind of see it as she does but she finds out like he's a con artist she's very upset and she ultimately finds out that he's connected to the missing emmett otterton yes yeah which while we're talking about emmett otterton the name Emmett Otterton is the first of many pun names in like this whole movie. The first? The first of many. Well, not not like like I'm saying like references to other movies, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, because most names in this movie are a pun. Yes. But this, like Emmett Otterton, I don't know if you've ever seen Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Yes. But sir. that's that's a reference to that Jim Henson movie. Uh, I have to watch that every Christmas. That's my grandmother's tradition, and I have to do it. Shout out to my family for raising me on that movie. Yeah. We had it on VHS. Yep. We now have it on DVD. I have it on DVD somewhere in my stuff here. I yeah. have no idea what you're talking about. Well, you're going to have to watch it. It's like literally 45 minutes of a movie. Maybe. Maybe it's 30. It's not long. Anyways. It's pretty so, good. So, Emmett it's Otterton cool. is a reference to Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Later, we get Duke Weaselton, which is literally the same name as duke weaselton from frozen like there's or it's like duke wesselton or something Mm -hmm. so it's a direct parallel to the movie that's by them there's also later you've got walter and jesse 
the Rams. I love it. It's so funny. Which is the Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad reference. Breaking Bad reference. So there's a lot of those kind of little references in it, but Emmett Otterton's kind of the first one. And I didn't notice that the first time I watched it. And I was like, that's really clever like to do that, I felt. Okay. Well, I had no idea because yeah. never seen the movie. The more, the more you know. The you more know? the more I know. But you said pun-based names, and I was mm-hmm. like, literally the main character's name is Judy Hopps. And then Nick Wilde. Yeah. And Mayor Lionheart, because he's a lion, get it? You know? Like, there's a lot of ha. pun names. Ha. Ha. Claw Hauser. <laughs> yep. But Claw is spelled like the actual claw, not... Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of those... But, I mean, the, it never gets to the point with the names that I am just, like... It's not distracting. It's, it's not it's just kind annoying. of there. It's not like yeah. they're just, like... Because there's... It's not, I feel like that's one of... When they step over the line, and I feel like this movie toes the line very well, which is really cool. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the aspects that would be funny for kids when you have the names that are, like, more directly just related to the animal that they are. But then when you have the more references to other movies, that's more of, like... Names that are kind of mm-hmm. catering towards being like little things for adults to point out. Yeah. Especially like the Breaking Bad ones, like are really funny. Yeah. But so Judy gets on the case to find Emmett Otterton. And Which, but, 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 before she does that, when she's a meter maid, she is so tryhard. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it frustrates me because if cops went that tryhard at handing out parking tickets, it would be over for everybody. Bro, the amount of parking <laughs> tickets I would have she would give be out astronomical. She, she, she gave, gave out, out 204 hours. Yeah, four, four hours. hours. From 8 to noon. It was reminding me. So, last semester. That's 50 an hour, bro. That's almost Last semester, me and my friend Jason, we had a class at 5. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, he would, he would park on campus for the class. And parking on campus doesn't get lifted until 5.30. And he had gone a couple classes in a row and it had been fine with it. And sometimes he drives a scooter, sometimes he drives his truck, and he's always been fine with it. And then one time he was late to class, so he didn't actually park until like 5.20ish. So he was like 10 minutes before 5.30 and they gave him a parking ticket. Like somebody was going around <laughs> like right before 5.30 just getting cars. And it's like, you are the worst person ever. You know what's great about that? So he's told me that story. He happens to be a mutual friend of all of us. Yeah, like he, he's told me that story. Shout out, Jason. And they find it to his account without ever getting his truck information. Straight up, what? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I didn't never, even know that part. <laughs> he never gave the information, but he got he got find it. I just remember being with him when we I mean, like, they walked up to his truck so they could find the name and find him in the system. Yeah. He was giving but that's just a, so much work. He was giving me a ride that day, so I was walking with his truck, and then we saw it on the thing, and I was like, "Oh crap!" And he was he was pissed. Oh, of course. <laughs> But we really we've got so much movie to get through. Yeah, let's, so let's get let's get so into it. We can. There's some parts that I feel like we can kind of we can kind of jump over. Like there's the really cool chase scene where she's chasing the weasel, but I feel like we don't really have to dwell on that too much, except for the fact that while she's chasing down this weasel who like stole, some like what they say are moldy onions. Moldy onions. Um. She saves this shrew. They're not mice. They're they're called shrews. Found that on the interwebs. Um, big fun from, fact guy. Big fun fact guy. Big. Peyton's fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Big. 
but saves yeah. saves the shrew from a donut, donut. Yeah, from crushing them as they're leaving a store called Mousies, which is like our Macy's. But something that she made was me buying really a wedding here, dress. Yeah, but something made me really mad here. They're walking out carrying Targoat bags. They're walking out of Mousies with Targoat bags. Maybe they went shopping other places. I know, but they they didn't get anything from Mousies. I'm just like, it, it's maybe whatever. they didn't like. Maybe it. they did, but. But also, that's you just can't see off. the bags. But that's that's just two good little puns right there. Do we right see there. them walking out, or do we see them walking walking across the street? They're walking across the street, but it's like implied, implied that they're leaving Mousies. Yeah, like they could have just been walking down the street and had to go. I don't go see across? a Targo anywhere around there. It's just it's just fitting in small little references, like little puns, which is which works. But anyways, that's the big thing there that matters out of that scene is that the shrew is saved by Judy. That yes. comes back later. Um. But she gets on this case to find Emmett Otterton. Basically, she stakes her whole career on it. She's literally two days into her job as a police officer, and she's staking her career on finding this otter. If she finds if she finds him in 48 hours, she gets to keep her job. If she doesn't, she has to resign because uh, Chief Bogo doesn't really like her because uh, he, he's, he's really a jerk to her, like yeah. pretty bad and pretty hardcore. But he has a good character arc later. I um, have something to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so she says, I will find him, which is like number one. No, no. Like you don't say I will to anything or promise or promise. Yeah. Anything you say. Brooklyn nine nine tells you that's the number one rule. I'm coming to like, you know, you gotta, you just gotta say, I can try. Like, yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to try my my hardest. Yeah. Like to do this. Yeah. You don't promise that you're going to do something. She's not a detective. No, she's a uniformed officer. Meter maid too. She's yeah, exactly. A meter maid. There is no way. She's not even a patrol officer. Exactly. There's no way that she would be allowed to have this case. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... you, you It's a missing persons case. It's going to be a detective. I'm sorry. Missing mammal. Yes. <laughs> missing mammal. But... So she gets this case file, and she basically sees, very conveniently, Emmett Otterton is eating one of the pops... That Nick sells, and she sees Nick in the frame, so she goes to interrogate him, finds him, and blackmails him. Hustles him. Like, straight up, like, based on his, you know, not filing taxes, he <laughs> should be arrested for tax evasion, and she records it on this little carrot pin, and that kind of sets really the main plot in motion of the movie. Uh, she makes a little funny, funny joke there about, um, she's like, well, I, you, I may not be a real cop, but us bunnies were good at multiplying. And like mm-hmm. that, that was just a funny little joke, like a little, it was a math joke and a, a, a bunny joke. Like, yeah, it worked. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, they're, they, they, on their quest to go find Emmett Otterton, the first place they go is this nudist colony, <laughs> um, which to them is terrifying, at least to Judy, seeing all these naked animals is terrifying to her. But to us, it's funny because like every other animal movie, for the most part, the animals are portrayed like animals. They don't wear clothes in real life. Yeah. And so, like to us, it like looks it does. It's not the same thing. And she's just shocked. And that's kind of where a lot of the humor in that scene comes from. There's there's one quote that Nick gives. He says, "These guys, they be naked." <laughs> he actually says, "They be naked." <laughs> it's really funny. One of the best little cuts in that scene when they're kind of just panning around, showing all the different animals mm-hmm. that are in this like garden area, like that they that they have, is there's this one scene and there's animals playing volleyball, 
and then there's yeah. giraffes on one side that are like a team and you can't even see their heads it's like cut off in the frame but like the one other animal serves it over the net and they just spike it on them because they're <laughs> giraffes playing volleyball i thought it was really funny uh one thing I immediately went to... It's little stuff like that, bro. One thing I immediately went to when I saw it, uh, it shows the Oasis. I immediately thought of Madagascar 2. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, so in my head, I was just like... I was thinking of that Motomoto scene where he just walks out of the water. <laughs> um, I think Motomoto likes you. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when that was a meme? It's oh, boy. Uh, bring it back. That was like the best. But and then then we go from there to the DMV. Yes, because we get a license plate number. I love and the DMV. The DMV. <laughs> so first of all, the DMV is probably the main reason why ninety nine percent of the people went to watch this movie in theaters. They marketed because they the market crap the out of the crap DMV. out of this scene, and for good reason because it's really funny. Yeah. And this scene, this is tying it back to episode a couple episodes ago. This scene is the is so inspired by Monty Python, the the comedy of absurd and wasting time is kind of what Monty Python did the best, and this whole scene is just like dragging on wasting time, but it's funny throughout, and it's the fact that it's taking up so much time is what makes it funny. Yeah. But it's also almost unbearable, and that's kind of what we like felt with Monty Python, the episode released on Valentine's Day, like. It, 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 they specialize in that kind of comedy of the taking time and the absurd. I found this scene absolute, like you said, you almost found it unbearable. This scene was unbearable to sit through. I think like, that's what makes it so good though. But, because it's still engaging, it's engaging, but the whole time you're like, oh my goodness, can you please just talk like a normal person? I yeah, think this, I was just this scene just, it puts you in the same position that Judy's in. Yeah, it makes you just so uncomfortable. And that's the point, and it does that so well. Because the movie at this point, the way they've written it, has established this sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then it slows the pace down right yeah, away. It'd be like if a song was like just straight building tempo the entire way through, and then they just half-timed it for a good bit of the song, and then just went back to normal again. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels off, but it works, too. Because it is... There is a lot of humor, and it is really funny, but there's a point where it's like, oh my goodness. Like, the scene is still happening. <laughs> I still love it. It's, it's great. so just funny. Get Flash, great character. I just love... The best character in this scene is Nick, though, mm-hmm. because he just plays into it because he knows that he's driving Judy insane. Mm-hmm. Hey, Flash, want to hear a joke? No! <laughs> and then he tells the joke to Priscilla. It just yes. drags on. The best part of the whole scene, though, is the end when they walk out. It's night? <laughs> they yes. spent the entire day in the DMV. And, like, we just sitting there for, like, three minutes, maybe. Yeah, three or four minutes. Are just, we are like, oh, my goodness, this is taking forever. Can you imagine being in there for eight hours? No. I mean, like, yes, because of the DMV, and I but, feel like all of us had that experience. And that's, that's the thing. and that's the point. That's yeah. why is that it's it's so funny. Oh, that scene's so great. Um, the animation of the sloths is very cool. Yeah, How they are moving just like all the other characters, but they're just moving slower. And I really want to know if they animated them slowly, or if they maybe animated them in full motion and then slowed them down. 
because it's such a crazy contrast seeing Nick and Judy moving at a normal speed and then seeing all the sloths moving at like this very slow, meticulous speed, but it still looks like fluid motion just in two different ways. Mm-hmm. Like that, like the, like the animation is very cool there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I really liked that, that, that a lot. Like, the way it's they very move, well done. It's, it's very fluid. Yeah. Um, and then from there, they go to, they find the limo that, and that it, he was like, that, that he was he, abducted in. Yeah. yeah. And, Not abducted, or where he went in. missing. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's where they get abducted by Mr. Big. Mr. Big, <laughs> right now, is my favorite character. Mr. Big is legendary. He, ooh, beautiful. Because you get all the polar bears. And I remember this is this this scene in the very first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. I love this scene. Yeah. Um, it's such a cool reveal. It's really well done. Yes. It and is. It's the polar di- bear after polar after yeah, polar. The dialogue, is that Mr. Big? But, yeah, is the that dialogue. Mr. Big? This one that can't even fit through the door. Is that Mr. Big? That's and gotta then, be him. And then it is Mr. Big, but he's carrying this very little shrew. Yes. And reveals this very uh, Martin Scorsese-esque looking person with ginormous eyebrows. Yeah. Like Italian mobster. I just love it because the it's dialogue so that the dialogue Judy so and Nick have when all the polar bears are coming in is just exactly how the audience is thinking of, yep. is this him? Is this him? And then yep. it's the reveal. And yes. it's just, and Nick is terrified of this dude. Yes. Yeah. First off, <laughs> they talk about rugs and more specifically, skunk a skunk butt, butt rug. rug. Best. Does that mean, best does that mean skew uh, or Mr. Big literally just has a dead animal, just big chilling. Yeah. Cause it, that, well, that is a, a skunk butt rug. Correct. In a world of animals, and a, you have an animal rug, that's like, a power that move. That is an absolute power Like, what I was no, saying, in, in no a world of animals... Okay, is, Hannibal Lecter. No wonder Nick is terrified of this fool. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But, but Nick's the one that sold it to him. Yeah. Nick is basically a mammal trafficker. Like, that's so bad. Not only, like, we thought, like, his con was, like, just, like, popsicles. No, he's conning with, like, other mammals, like, skin. Okay, also want to say one more thing. Rip to Grandmama. Like, <laughs> Grandmama Rip. Uh, I, I absolutely love this scene, and it's a perfect way to do the play on the mobster movies. Yes, unlike, so good. Unlike Shark Tale. Yeah, which yeah. This, this movie, you can contrast with Shark Tale in so many ways. Contrast the puns, contrast the world building, contrast everything. But like, you can. this is such a direct parallel where you, you can see trying to do the mobster, the Italian mobsters in two different ways. Mm-hmm. Shark Tale does not execute and this movie executes very very well oh yes even even the isom scene isom and then they literally and the daughter comes in open up no icing on my birthday on my wedding wedding on my wedding day and goes daddy has to and then it's revealed that the music in that scene is so good too score is great it's revealed that she's the like she's the yeah what you the shrew the shrew that was saved yes saved by judy Mm-hmm. Earlier in the movie, by the donut, yeah, yeah, and then he was like, "Ah, you saved, you saved her." Like this, is, and so now they're like, like, now they're like BFFs, and then, ah, uh, love it, and then it goes into the wedding, and they're at the wedding. They stay at the wedding to like, yeah, mm-hmm. they they hang out. Emma and Otterton, and one of my favorite scenes is they're like all dancing and dancing, and then you just get the shot of all the polar bears around this tiny little table, and it absolutely cracks me up because they're just they're just sitting there acting security like. 
what would security look like? They just post it up. Exactly. They just post <laughs> it up, and it, you just you hear faint music, and I. I <laughs> so they they all they all are standing like the meme like they got to do it to them they're all standing like that <laughs> every single one of them fun fact with connor this time <gasps> fun fact i know hey i know you didn't ask but i'm gonna do it anyway all right fun fact the no you know the you know i had to do it to him that happened in tampa florida very cool so if you ever want to go visit it it's on google maps as marked as a location uh, so we can go. Did it to him. So we can. So we can go do it to him at the exact same location. Correct. That's. Let's go do that. Honestly, we should do that for the promo for this movie. Like no. this episode. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so after the scene with Mister Big, they're told to go find the driver of the car. They go find the driver in the jungle in the, in, in the the rainforest district, yes. and the driver goes savage. It was a he panther. Does. They go, they go wild. They try to kill them, and I'm trying to like kind of summarize it, but kind of go through it so we can hit other points as well. Yeah. But if there's anything like in here y'all want to talk about, for sure, stop. And me. then when, after they survive the attack and they mm-hmm. call in backup and Chief Bogo and company show up, it's like a Phineas and Ferb episode. It really is. Doctor Doofenshmirtz had it in Ader. And it zapped this jaguar, and he's just gone. Yep, just <laughs> like, disappeared. He just disappeared. He gone. That's all I gotta say about that. That's all you okay. gotta say. <laughs> yeah. So there's no evidence. Chief Bogo's Which, mad. I want to say one thing. In the event, mm-hmm. in like real life, if an officer is claimed to be an attack, like attacked, they would check security cams, traffic cams. Yeah. They check everything. But, but they Chief don't. Bogo has it out for her. Yes, that's true. But I mean, still, like, there's a point where, and I guess that's kind of the point, is, like, his kind of prejudice against her is yeah. blinding him from doing his job properly. Okay. Yeah. And that I think that's kind of the point they're making, is that, like, he should be actually investigating this. Like, if he would have checked, he would have seen claw marks around there. Like, if they would have checked the security cam footage, there was very clear footage showing it. But he, he just doesn't want her on the force, and so he like isn't doing his job properly it's getting in the it's getting in the way of what he's doing i think that's kind of the point they're trying to make with his character and then i love in this scene you already start to see the beginning of nick's character arc which Mm -hmm. i think is probably the most compelling part of this movie for me is his character arc in a scene about 10 minutes earlier when they're at the impound where the limo is they're standing outside and nick's like oh darn the car's impounded so we can't get into it and you're gonna be out of time and then Judy asks him and says, does seeing me fail somehow make you feel better about your sad life? And Nick goes, yes, 100%. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, he's talking to Chief Bogo, backing her up, saying she still has time. Don't give mm-hmm. him that badge. Yeah. And like we already start to see the development of that. And then that leads into one of the most depressing parts of the entire movie, which is yeah. the flashback and right Nick's after this, backstory. Right the backstory. And so sad. Very, very sad. Basically, like, his backstory is that as a kid, he really wanted to join what was essentially, like, the Boy Scouts. Yes. I don't know what they called them in the movie. The, ooh, I almost said Wilderness Adventures. No. That, that's up. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're... Caw-caw-raw. <laughs> <laughs> Basically that. They're, they're the Boy Scouts, but it's all prey. And he's a predator. And so he tries to join, and they do this, like, little kind of this initiation ritual 
and they're like shining the light in his face and everything. And he, um, as somebody in the Boy Scouts, that does not happen. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know what you were gonna say about it, <laughs> but like, and and just clarification. They they like throw this muzzle on him, and they're like, "Man, you really think we were gonna let you in the?" Boy Scouts or whatever it is. The Junior Ranger Scouts. Junior Ranger Scouts. Oh, so you really thought we were going to let you in the Junior Ranger Scouts. Um, you're you're a prey and you'll always be prey. Or, or you're a predator and you'll always be a predator. You deserve to wear this muzzle. They basically like bully him. And like showing that the like kind of the 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 prejudice, I guess. I guess that's the best way you can say it. Like yeah. this, this kind of this this clashing of heads between predator and prey, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. It's not just prey or not just predators are like kind of like against the prey, but the prey are against the predators as well. And that's like the driving force behind this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad. Like I, I literally just wrote on my, my thing. It says kid Nick is so sad in parentheses. I put muzzle because he just, oh. Oh, it's so, such a sad scene. So one point in the movie where it's like, I feel like that's the acceptable point to like really cry. Like if you want to, like yeah. if you're gonna if you're if you're a crying in movies kind of person, that's where it would be, probably. There might be other points. I don't know I'll if give you got you a spot that you'd like. If you're that kind of person, like I don't really cry in movies. Like even sad, like like Marriage Story is a movie that I know a lot of like grown people cry in. I didn't really have that same emotional response. Field of Dreams, but like if you did in this movie, <laughs> this would be the point. But Field of Dreams got me good, and Remember the Titans every single time. But from there, we go to Cliffside. Yep get it because it's on a cliff on the side of a cliff <laughs> Got wow it. i thought i thought you were gonna say like a different it was a different reference to something that else that, that, that happens I nope that's that happens, it <laughs> that happens in our world too yeah, yeah you can't be like real. you can't be like uh, because that happens all the time yeah i mean there's like whole communities called like seaside and they're just yeah. on the beach like that's the whole thing yeah literally the <laughs> space coast is named after because like that's where yeah the, the shuttles are but from there, when we're at mm-hmm. Cliffside, that's when we start to get kind of some of the secrets of the plot and where the rest of the movie is going yep. starts to get uncovered. Mm-hmm. They get inside. They All the guards outside are wolves, mm-hmm. and they make them all howl. And yep. it's the yeah. way they get around them, which is really funny and just yeah, it's a nice really, little way to distract them. Really good. So once they finally get inside, they – Find, all, find the yeah. all the missing mammals, mm-hmm. all of them, 15. plus the driver. So yeah. all fourteen, all plus fourteen the plus, plus the jaguar, jaguar that just got put in there. Yes, was it a jaguar or yes. a panther? Jaguar. Uh, I don't know. I think it was I don't know. Jaguar. It doesn't really matter. Big cat. Jaguar. Okay. It's a jaguar. Okay. And they're going through, and they're recording and stuff like that, trying to figure out what it was. They find Emmett Honerton in there, and he's underneath the thing and he looks all scared and then he just all of a sudden like attacks the glass and like comes at him and then they start to hear voices outside so they go and hide in one of the cages or like cells i guess you can call it mm-hmm. that's open that doesn't have an animal in there yet and the mayor comes in and it's like this big reveal that he like knows about this yeah and then it's all about him not wanting to get out that these animals are going quote-unquote savage is what they call it in the movie and he doesn't want it to come out that all these predators are going savage because he's a predator and it would tarnish his reputation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because everybody in the community would be scared that the same thing's going to happen to him yeah 
So it gets into this like big conspiracy theory is where this movie starts to go. Yeah, and so from there, uh, they get caught because her phone rings and they escape by jumping in the toilet, toilet, getting flushed down and out off the cliff. And then they call for backup. Backup comes. Uh, Mayor Lionheart's arrested. And... Oh my gosh. That's that's for sure. That's for sure, Alex. Alex. Yeah. He's making coffee. Yeah, that's what that yeah. sound is. <laughs> Alex, if you're listening, your coffee's great. Um, yeah, that's facts, actually. But, so... The mayor, mayor's arrested. All these these guys are kind of like hospitalized. Then there's this press conference where Judy has to talk and like explain like kind of what happened. And this is this is kind of the big, I guess, the kind of point of no return to this movie. The the, the real kind of like emotional, I'd say the emotional climax of this movie, mm-hmm. um, in like really hammering the tone of this movie and the underlying messages, um, in that. In this press conference, she eventually kind of like gets to the conclusion that it's only happening to predators and she assumes it might be something biological. Mm. And her going that, it kind of spirals out of control. And now people are very paranoid that the predators are going to turn against the prey and all go savage. Yeah, you have one half of the community that's now scared well more than 90 percent of the community is prey that's true 10 yes. percent yeah. is predators so you have all the community that's scared mm-hmm. and then all the predators that are in the community are just like all being alienated at this point yeah and then you also have one of your main characters in this movie nick that is a, pred- a predator mm-hmm. and he has now been alienated by somebody that you could say He'd this really movie was about. getting towards that it was going to be it's kind of like a buddy movie between these yeah. two people at this point, and now that's just that's all exactly of a sudden. It is, yeah. It's all of a sudden just broken off to where they're just mm-hmm. not on talking terms. He's mad at her after yeah. he was filling out an application to be her partner. Yeah, and then so, uh, so she leaves town is kind of the next big thing. I was going to go into um, when I first watched, like watching this the second time, mm-hmm. and like knowing the reveal, like. We had like thirty five minutes left of this movie. Like something else was going down. So mm-hmm. I got that's what I was thinking. Like this, it would have been a short movie if it ended there. Mm-hmm. But they kind of kept it going and to show the other big twist. Yeah, well, to show us that like not everything had been solved. The case yeah. hadn't been yeah. completed yet. Because um, like, they still didn't know why they were going savage. They just assumed it was biological. Which is like every cop movie, bro. Yeah. Like but, every cop movie, they arrest the guy the first time. They're like, ah, that's not the right guy. And then they go yeah, arrest the Yeah, and then they, they find like who it actually was. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of cliche, but it works. But she ends up turning her badge in and going back and being a carrot farmer. Yep. Yep. And out there is where one of my favorite, probably my favorite line in the whole movie, like it's behind like the skunk butt rugs and like some of those other ones that are, that are really good. I think... Or I say I think it's along with those, but I think it's the best. Uh, she she reconnects with Gideon Gray, who is now a really nice guy. And when she figures out how like these flowers called night howlers are the things that are causing the predators to go savage, she says a bunch of words and drives off. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Gideon Gray goes, "Did y'all understand that?" And they're like, "No, I didn't." She she goes. 
okay, good. I thought she was talking in tongues or something. <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny. He's got like a really thick southern accent and it's like He's a stutter too. And and it's just yeah. I love adult Gideon Gray. It's a good He's such a good character. character. And that was such mm-hmm. a funny line and just like a great little character moment. And he just and, he apologizes for like what he did when he was mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah. Just like stuff like that. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like he had a good character arc in this movie and you only really see him did. twice. I know. Like this movie makes characters that we happen in the beginning and by this point we've kind of forgot about and now we're reminded of them and now they have a great arc and we miss 99% of that character arc. We just see the beginning, we see the end, but it still feels like a very fleshed out character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like what, where this movie really excels is those small things, the small details, all that stuff is like really solid in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically she figures out why they're going savage. So she goes to find Nick and to tell him so that way they can like tell everyone else. And they go and they track down the lab where the Night Howler serum is being manufactured. Uh, that's where we get the Walter and Jesse puns. From Breaking Bad, yes. Um, and you know they, it's good because it's blue. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they ultimately get to uh, the big reveal of who is actually behind this. Which I love. So you you like this twist reveal? I like. Do the you twist. like the twist reveal, Connor? Not really. I don't know if this twist reveal really works, but I want to hear why you like it first. Let's talk about the twist reveal. I just think you have the whole movie of Bellwether being all for fighting for the little guy, mm-hmm. and she's fed up with having to be the assistant to Marilyn Hart who is a predator. So she has this whole plan to where she's going to basically run the predators out of society by alienating them, by Mm -hmm. saying that it's in their DNA that they shouldn't be a part of this society because the prey is just going to suffer because of it. Mm -hmm. So this whole plan and like the reasons why she's doing it makes sense because her entire like career and her entire time in this movie yeah is all Lionheart just treating her like she's nothing and mm-hmm. isn't important to her even though she's like second in command at this point yeah mm-hmm. because she does just become mayor right after he gets yeah well she arrested. said she was chosen to be assistant mayor so he could get the sheep vote yeah yeah so she's always feeling like she's being used yeah um and then she tries to manipulate Judy into like believing her that it's that she's not like I guess you could say like evil or like being like super deceptive because mm-hmm. they're both like small people and they're like both prey and they're both like the same. Mm-hmm. And then just the whole like last sequence of Judy and Nick like devising this plan to kind of add another twist to the scene where the twist gets revealed. Yeah. I love the stuff with the blueberry. That's I think it's really that's, that's the twist. Good, that's, that, a good that's a good. That's twist. That's what I'm saying. That's I like. A good twist. I love the bellwether twist, but then the fact that they add another twist on top of it, like five minutes later, mm-hmm. is why like the third act in this like final climactic part of this movie works so well for me, the, and why yeah. I love like the script writing and the screenplay in this final act. The blueberry twist is a very well done twist. The bellwether twist, I don't know if it's a great twist to build. You so don't I get have... the blueberry twist without the bellwether twist, though. I know. That I'm, is true. I'm saying but I just think that's the bellwether what I'm twist could have done no, no, been done no. better. Yeah. So I always like a good twist if you can go back and you can spot the things that make it like that would be obvious to like, oh, yeah. And yeah, you see here like 
getting yelled at all the time. But no, you don't see any like signs of her being actually evil. And that's what I like about Twist is being able to go back and look at those things to see like the clues that spot us. See, to... I'm not saying she's is, evil throughout think, the movie. I'm saying I think she's it's just too, frustrating. I think my problem was that it's too obvious that she's the Twist villain. The first time I watched it, I felt like I knew she... They, the easy I way, definitely it's, didn't know the first really? time I watched it. Because yeah. it's a very Scooby-Doo style thing that there is a character. If there's going to be a Twist villain, it's a character who you're introduced to semi-early on. They appear to be friendly, and you're reintroduced to them throughout it in minor ways, and you get small character development about them that kind of goes along with the dialogue of the story. And that's what she is. She's just this character who's just kind of there, but is reflecting this um, like this dichotomy between predator and prey. And to me, it's very obvious that she has a lot of pent-up resentment towards yeah um lionheart deep down and you can see that very well in like the security cam scene and where he says clear my schedule and all the stuff falls and she just she's mistreated and to me it seems like she was always if there's gonna be a twist villain to me it was like always going to be her whereas i think twist villains that work really well is like pixar is really good at twist villains for the most part like in up carl munt like months or whatever, Charles months, Charles months, great yeah. twist villain mm-hmm. because you, you don't see it coming because he's kind of just like that entire movie. He's idolized by yes. Carl and, but you don't learn a lot about him until the end, you know? And I feel like that's where it works as a twist villain is cause like you don't see it coming. And that's where I think a twist villain works best. I don't know if a twist villain works if they're setting it up the whole movie because then i feel like it's not really a twist it will still catch people off guard like you guys said you didn't see it coming but i feel like for the most part a twist villain should really be a twist it's not as bad as the twist villain in frozen hans is a twist villain is a garbage twist villain i agree with that facts and so this works better than that but it's not as good as some of the 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 good twist villains that we've seen in pixar like syndrome as a twist villain, great twist villain. We see Syndrome once as Buddy. I think setting it up once early, that's fine. Or not setting it up at all is when a twist villain really works. Incredibles, great twist villain. Up, great twist villain. Wally to an extent, with it being the axion like the or the steering wheel dude. Yeah. yeah. Pretty great twist villain. Autopilot. Like, you know, yeah, auto. Like mm-hmm. those work because you don't see them coming. Yeah. I feel like when you see it coming. Like Han, Hans in um, Frozen, from you always see it coming. I feel like, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. I also I love the um, I love the carrot pen as a plot mm-hmm. device in this movie. I like that it comes up and is a pretty integral part of the third act to where that's how they get Bellwether's confession to her involvement in First this. First off, the carrot pen was unnecessary because the cops got there in time to see that happen. Because they surround her almost immediately after the carrot pen is revealed. Well, but you still need evidence. You need yeah. hard evidence to show later because it can't just be word against word. Like having evidence is something better. So using the pin as a device throughout the whole movie and setting it up at the end as the ultimate downfall of the main bad guy was, I think, I think it was well done. Because um, they carry that on throughout. And then, like y'all were saying, the better of the two twists in this final <laughs> part is that earlier 
there's the scene where Nick's just eating blueberries, and it's just like, yeah. you want one? And well, then, well, he to wrap her leg up, yeah. he opens up this bag of blueberries that he had and uses the cover to wrap up her leg mm-hmm. and offers a blueberry because he has to dump them out. Yeah. And that kind of sets up the blueberries, but you don't think about it. Yeah, you don't You're think about like, it at all. You're just like, oh, that's just a cute little thing. He's like, you want a blueberry? You know, they're in this highly stressful situation. And it's and just Nick kind of cracking a joke. Yeah. Yeah. But then he, like, goes full at her, and then it's the same type of thing from really good callback to the opening scene to where she's acting again like she's getting killed by this predator yeah and then yeah. bellwether's like what yeah. and gets arrested yeah gets got arrested, a very satisfying conclusion yeah. i feel like to yeah. the story and then at the very end we see that nick does go through with becoming a cop because yeah. he was really good at the detective and stuff and him and judy become partners she gets this really awesome car to contrast like her little meter made cart to now this yeah. ginormous car that she's driving. Mm-hmm. And then Nick cracks a little driving joke at her, which is kind of like, you know, whatever. But it's <laughs> it, it's a, I feel like it's a satisfying conclusion in the movie. Uh, it does leave me with the question, though, because like they talk he he talks about like like they talk about like loving each other and. It almost seems like a romantic love more than like a non-romantic love in a weird way. And it makes me wonder like throughout this whole movie, is there any interspecies like mingling? Because now I'm thinking like a fox and a rabbit and like that just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But they kind of set it up to be like more than like kind of romantic in a weird way with that dialogue there at the end. And that kind of left me on a weird note at the end of the movie. I was like... I don't even know how that would work. Like I don't know. I guess like, we just need Zootopia too. Don't don't need it. Don't need it. <laughs> do we? Do we really need it though? <laughs> no. Oh, because I don't think I'd be I against mean, it. These animals, bro. These animals at the news colony, they don't even have like genitals or anything. They're just like, you know, they're cartoon <laughs> animals. Like I don't understand how anything like beyond just being in a relationship. Like I don't think it works in this society. We kind of had these questions with cars. I don't think it works with these animals. I don't. I don't know. No. But, it, it, but uh, you know, it's it's okay. It's and whatever. at the end, we get a nice little music performance. Little ah, uh, yes. Little from 2016, we get a preview of the 2020 Super Bowl halftime <laughs> yes. show. You see Shakira. She's almost wearing the exact same outfit in the Super Bowl. Like the first part. Oh yeah, yeah, 100. Um, <laughs> and it zoom, zooms on her shaking her hips, which is that was the Super Bowl. I mean, that was pretty much the whole Super Bowl. Before, honestly, I mean, the only thing hips don't lie. Bro, <laughs> if they did this in Zootopia where she goes, oh, no, 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 no. like it, time <laughs> that would have been crazy, <laughs> bro. <laughs> oh, that have been wild. That uh, was so wild. I can't we, believe. I still can't believe she yeah. did that. <laughs> we have for sure exhausted our time on Zootopia. Yes. Um, we should to end it out. Maybe we we go around and talk about our favorite characters. We've been doing that a lot lately, and I kind of like that. You too. Um, it's nice. I say say Joe. You want to hit hit us with your your favorite character? Um, let me sorry to put you on the think. spot do you do you're you kind of putting me on the Connor? spot i do i've said it earlier yeah mr big knew it yep. yeah he's i i said it such a good my character. favorite character yeah mr big such is a good great character. character absolutely love him when he comes back the second time mm-hmm. it's even better because like that means so what what it implies is that judy had been away from the force for a long time because she was pregnant and or not judy the um What's her face is pregnant. The 
daughter of Mr. Big. We don't have a name for her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the daughter of Mr. Big is pregnant. And so, like, it was great. Because he, he just goes, he goes, ice him, and it's Duke. Um, yeah. Weaselton. And, like, she's the god, she's yeah. going to be the godmother of the child, and the child's going to be named Judy. Yeah. And, like, oh, that relationship's so great. Love it. Mr. Big's great character. Great, great character. So what about you, Joe? I think, I think I'm going to go with Flash. Yeah. I really like the DMV scene. Mm-hmm. He's the... He's a sloth from the DMV. Just the way he laughs at jokes is really funny, and then he takes yeah. really slow to type. And, well, and then we get the reveal at the end that he likes to drive fast. Yes, I which love is funny. that at the end. doesn't make sense because I feel like his reaction times would be really slow, but still really funny that he's like this Nice little callback the there. End. I really like it. Yeah. yeah, throwing it right there at the end. What about you, Payton? Uh, my favorite characters probably got to be – I wanted to say Chief Bogo because I really like his arc – but I got to go with Finnick, the baby who wants to be an elephant. Such a funny character. False. But has like this really deep voice. He's not a baby. Yeah, well, pretending to be a baby. Yeah. It's, it's a grown person. That's the joke is that it's a grown person who pretends to be a baby and looks like a baby, but has like just this deep voice. He's, and... re- he's really funny when Judy confronts Nick and hustles him mm-hmm. into... Being yeah, her so, partner on yeah, the case, you got hustled, and he's just la- he's just dying laughing. Enjoy working with the fuzz. And then I love yeah. when when Judy finds out that they're like hustling together. He's the one driving the car, and she's yeah. like, "Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> or or when he leaves, and he's just bopping to the music. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so good. I really like that character. I think he's really good. But honestly, I think we really like, for the most part, really liked this movie. Um, at least Joe and I really liked it. I, you moderately like it enough. I moderately like it. Like I didn't talk about a lot of the bad things, but well, yeah. In terms of like the more recent Disney movies, I guess you'd say from like Tangled Ons is kind of like this newer era of Disney movies. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely up there with me. I'd put it up there with Wreck-It Ralph and like my like top tier of the newer mm-hmm. wave of Disney movies. Yeah, I don't think it's bad by any means for sure. It's probably it's one of the better movies we've done. I would say for sure. Yeah, it's for in, sure. It's in that upper tier it's movies the, we talked it's about. It's the sure. second highest rated movie on IMDb that we've done behind Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. It's it's up there for sure. But I think that's all we got. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of the podcast. Um, don't forget that we are on Instagram. You can follow us there at the Act 4 Podcast. We got a little form in the bio there that you can fill out. Send us movie suggestions. Send us feedback. Um, if we implement any of your feedback or suggestions in future episodes, we'll give you a little shout out. Um, and we'd appreciate you if you fill that out. Give us a follow. Um, and follow us on like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen on. Um, that way you see us in your podcast feed when we uh, release episodes every Friday. And that's a wrap. Thank you.